Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. Hello, everyone. We're so grateful that you have decided to listen and get smarter because that's what we do here. We want you to um, learn and to engage with us, and we're, we've got some calls lined up, and we want to hear from you always, 1-800-229-3000. And by we, I mean Dr. Alice Benton and J.J. West. Hello, you guys. We are ready uh, to take some calls. But first, I want to hear, Alice, what is on your mind these days? Well, I want to challenge all of us parents and families to take more authority about how we handle conversations about sexuality, to make more proactive, intentional decisions about how our children will learn about sexuality, because the world is sending a lot of messages through many different channels. So our children, much younger than they used to, are going to be learning. And admittedly, our parental power is somewhat limited, but there are specific steps that we can take to help steer the course of those conversations. Just last night, my daughter asked if she could watch a new cartoon that she had found, and it was through a streaming app that has generally been safe. I'd never heard of the cartoon, looked it up, and it has uh, sexual portrayals of different relationships, different forms of sexuality being presented in still in somewhat of a lighthearted way, but it's more than I want my daughter to learn from another source. I wouldn't have known, though, if I hadn't done the review on the show because it just looked like a child's cartoon. Historically, I think we were better able to trust the broader range. If it's a cartoon, I'm sure that it's pretty innocent. Some of the comic books called graphic novels that we pick up from the library also have a subtle inclusion of different sexual presentations. And I think our children need to learn about how sexuality does present and how it's practiced in the world. We do need to become aware of it, but it's important for us parents to decide at what age and through what means. If our children are older, that might more involve asking what has already happened, what have they learned, and from whom did they learn it, from what source. But if your children are still young, it it can seem like a whole lot of time and energy, but doing the reviews before we watch the movie, the cartoon, before we let our children read those books, it can prevent a lot of confusion and struggle and difficulty later on down the road. Such a good insight. JJ, you have children that are a little bit older Mm -hmm. than Alice's. I'm sure this has been a discussion at your house, too. Indeed. And and I agree with Alice that uh, it takes extra effort and work on our part. When my kids were growing up, I read uh, all of the books that they were interested in reading uh, because I didn't want them to be informed from a different perspective that I wasn't aware of. Now, it didn't mean that they weren't allowed to read anything. It just meant that I needed to, I needed to preview, like Alice talked about. I needed to know what was what was being presented, how it was being presented, and so that we could have conversations around whether or not this is something that we agree with. Is it acceptable? What does you know? What's the what's the motive of this particular author or this particular director or whatever? So uh, we have to be really involved, and it does take work. It does take time. <laughs> um, you know, to read all those books or preview those movies or go to the websites and to find out more. Uh, but it's so important because, like Alice said, it's coming at us from every direction. You know, it, I love that you brought this up, Alice. We, we get calls about this um, later 
in a child's mm-hmm. life. And, After. you know, it, raising kids are not, it's not set it and forget it. <laughs> it's constantly yeah. interacting with them and, you know, having these conversations so that it's not a lecture, so that they know that they can come to you when they're thoughts have been challenged or maybe you know they don't know what to do with what they've been exposed to but they know that you can be a safe place a good resource and uh, point them in the right direction thank you Alice for sharing that we're going to take some calls after this break we're glad you're here To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I wasn't sure if we were going to do a roll-in. That was my fault. But hey, you guys were all, (laughs) you're waiting for me to talk. So it's, (laughs) I'm just glad that you're here. We're going to go right to the calls. We're going to talk with Jeffrey, who's calling us from Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, listens on WBYN. Hi, Jeffrey. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Hi. Yeah. Um, I was calling about uh, Every Man's Battle. I, I've kind of struggled in the past with, um, like, the concerns about, like, use of, of financial stuff. And so mm-hmm. when I had when I was looking up to go into, like, one of the, the conferences, one of the meetings out there, um, the price point kind of took me aback. And um, I've, I've gotten, by the way, just as a, Side, side thing. Uh, I've gotten much better in trusting that whatever I put my money, if it's towards the right resources, and just kind of trusting God will use that the right way and steward that the right way. Like I believe that that is the case, but I think it's also wise to ask about it. So I was just curious about how that money was stewarded and used uh, That's a, uh, for the kingdom. That's a great question, Jeffrey, and you've got the right person mm-hmm. uh, to answer the call today. JJ, how would you answer this with Jeffrey? Yeah, so just so I'm clear, Jeffrey, you're asking how is the the registration fee for the Everman's Battle Intensive, how is that used or how is that distributed? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great question. So, so number one, uh, there's facilities, right? We, we have a hotel um, that we, you know, stay in. Um, there are um, fees to pay the staff that are running the workshop, that running the intensive for the weekend, uh, there's obviously the cost of of getting uh, the the leaders there, so travel costs, as well as getting all of the equipment there that we use to to do the weekend. Um, uh, so so it's kind of spread out through those different those different avenues, if you will. Uh, I can tell you that we don't make a profit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen a, to that. <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you for certain that we don't make a profit. Uh, in fa- and, and we also want to be very clear that we, de- we never want finances to be the reason why someone doesn't attend an intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have a great scholarship uh, program available uh, that people can, can inquire about uh, so that, you know, there's lots of different uh, reasons why we might, might object to going to the intensive. Uh, but we never want finances to be the sole reason or the main reason why. And so we do everything we can to make sure that guys are able to get to the Everyman's Battle Intensive. And, in fact, more the, the largest percentage of the scholarships that we offer every year go to guys attending the Everyman's Battle Intensive. Um, so, right. so that, But hopefully that answers your question. It's, it's mainly spread out through facilities and travel and, um, and then uh, just paying the, the – 
leaders to be there. Does that help, Jeffrey? That does. Thank you very much. Well, you know, we'd love for you to join us. We also have our online um, version, too, that, um, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody can participate in. It's a little bit less, but it's no less impactful. You know, we also have our uh, facilitators that, um, JJ, we're talking about, these guys are experts in this field. So it's not like um, somebody who, yeah, I mean, just they're amazing people and um, have helped so many men over the years uh, get to that freedom. And so, you know, we want you to be with us for sure, Jeffrey. Have you tried anything other than just looking into the intensive? Um, I I bought the uh, book. So my brothers and I are are wanting to do something together. So we were looking into it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I bought. Uh, we bought the Every Man's Battle book, and we haven't we haven't started yet. But we were I was sort of I just kind of threw on the radio, and I was like, ah, you know what? This is something I was curious about, and wanted to know about, so I and uh, decided to call yeah. and ask about it. Well, Jeffrey, let me let me let you know about one other resource that might be useful to you and your brothers. Uh, we we launched in January the Every Man's Battle podcast, and we did it intentionally as a way to let guys know about some of the stuff that we do at the intensive that either for, for whatever reason they haven't been able to get to the intensive. We also launched it, you know, to be perfectly honest, to, you know, no, no, uh, no secrets held back here. Um, because we believe in the intensive, uh-huh. we did it as a way to let people know about the intensive. Uh, we, we, we know how impactful that weekend is how many men have been transformed by it. And and we know that there are so many men who simply don't know about the workshop, don't know about the intensive, don't know what we do there. And so we wanted to get the word out uh, in a more impactful way. But um, what some groups are doing is using the podcast as a discussion starter that then allows them to meet as a group and talk about, okay, how are we, how are we responding to this information and, and, and how are we applying it to our lives? There you go, Jeffrey. You heard it straight from the podcaster person's mouth. <laughs> and uh, JJ, I know that you want to see Jeffrey there, but that is a good uh, connection yes. point. And Jeffrey, you can download that podcast wherever you get your podcast. And uh, you know, just want to encourage you. Um, we're going to connect you with uh, one of our call center uh, representatives that can help you have all of your questions answered about this. Uh, what book should we send him, JJ? Uh, let's send him Worthy of Her Trust. Oh, mm-hmm. Perfect. That's beautiful. We're so grateful that you called, yeah. Jeffrey. You know, uh, we we love questions like that because we, we have no secrets. Like you said, JJ, we want people to get the help that they need. And we're so grateful for the opportunity to do that. We're going to go back to the calls. We're going to talk with John, who's calling us from Prince George, British Columbia, and listens on SiriusXM. Hello, John. We're so glad you called. How can we help you today? Yeah, I'm just calling in regards to, it's a marriage question. Uh, me and the okay. wife have been married for 20 years. We're dedicated to its marriage till death do us part. Now the bad part, we haven't been intimate for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. It's like tre- treading water in jello. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like... I'm living with my sister. She, you know, we've made that commitment for life, but there's got to be more than where we're at. Mm, that's great, John. Uh, Alice, what would you start with? John, how did it come about that you're living with your sister? Does that mean you're living separated from your wife? 
No, no we, he means she's the, the sister. I see. She's become yeah, like a sister to you. you know, we love each other, but there's no love like a wife and a husband anymore. No more intimacy. You know, we'll hold hands or something, but that's as far as anything mm-hmm. goes. And there's just been so much turmoil and, uh-huh. and commotion. Uh, we lost our youngest son about five years oh. ago. That added a whole bunch to the dimension. And, and so there's just got to be more than living than yeah like there's got to be more to marriage and john Mm -hmm. as you as you acknowledge my goodness the loss of a child and other turmoil your marriage has been through some war-torn seasons here for the last few years and and we do see in marriages that sometimes sexual intimacy is lost when couples are under great distress and are struggling dealing with the, the death of a child and, and other significant losses. What kind of structured help have you and your wife gotten for both what you've been through, but also the level of intimacy in your relationship? Well, basically, I go to counseling and she oh. goes to counseling, but there's a lot of it's been secular, and almost every counselor I've mm-hmm. ever talked to says, get out of this marriage and run. Uh, well, that's not the answer, mm-hmm. and then that's the end of my oh. sessions with that counselor because I've made mm-hmm. it a commitment that I'm going to be with my wife till the day I die, even if there's nothing there till the day we die. Mm-hmm. And is there mm-hmm. something even more hurtful coming from your wife because of which the counselors say, get out of that marriage? In addition to the lack of intimacy, is there some hurtful, abusive mis- mistreatment going on from your wife? Uh, I wouldn't say there's any other than maybe bo- on both sides some uh, verbal, right? Like we're both so hurt or or we're, and we just are clashing. I mean, there's times that it's awesome and great. But there's times that we just, it's mind-boggling. You know, it's really a challenge because after 20 years, what's happened, John, is you guys are now in this new routine. And so it is like you described, the jello thing, um, whether it is your intimate life or your everyday connection and, on top of that, the pain that you've experienced. JJ, how can a couple like John and his wife reconnect and make this marriage the one that is meant for them to have? Well, it all starts with communication, right? Open and honest communication. So, John, clearly you're making the call to us today, so you're indicating I would like more physical intimacy in our relationship. Do you know if your wife also wants more physical intimacy, or has she said, no, I'm no longer interested in no, she's a hundred percent. We just don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, we want okay. This both so both of you want it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so that's important to know, right? That's a, that's a really critical piece of the piece of the puzzle here that we we both desire more physical intimacy, um, but but something's getting in the way. And so when you talk about what's getting in the way, is it that we're we're not we don't have the time we're not making the time to spend with each other uh are there distractions or is there a um are we experiencing some sort of sexual dysfunction whether it's erectile dysfunction or dryness that that's making it painful for us or uncomfortable for us but we have to talk about those things uh in an open dialogue in order to find the 
find the things that need to change to make things better. Thank God that you're in a position where you both want mm-hmm. more, you both desire more. So it's not one is one person's got one foot out the door and the other person's trying to get them to stay. You both want to be in the relationship. You both want to experience this, but something's getting in the way of that. What's, what's interesting to me, you said you've been married for 20 years. There's been no intimacy for 12. So, so for eight years, there was intimacy, correct? Yeah. Okay. And, and when intimacy stopped 12 years ago, eight years into marriage, did you guys talk about, hey, we haven't been intimate in the last several weeks or a couple of months. What's going on? Well, I suffer from addiction, and mm-hmm. I put her through a horrible turmoil for a few years. I had relapsed, and and I was an absolute nightmare. Mm, okay, okay. Are we talking about drug addiction, alcohol, or are we talking about drug alcohol? Yeah, every everything, drugs, alcohol, everything. infidelity, everything. Okay, gotcha. So for her, a big piece of the puzzle is that. She, she doesn't know if she can trust you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so so are you actively doing work, not just to, to be in recovery in terms of the addiction, that's important, but also are you actively doing things to rebuild, restore trust with your wife so that she feels safe enough to be that vulnerable with you? Uh, I think that's where it comes in that we're kind of needing help because I think I am. Yeah. I think I'm doing all the right, you know, I think I'm doing all the right things and that's what I want. Um, but whether right. I am, but, uh, whether right. I am you or might not, be working on a whole bunch of stuff, but you don't, but it's not moving the needle for her, right? Correct. And John, you you revealed something to us that you two are an individual, but not in couples counseling, and that you quit when you hear from the counselor that you should leave the marriage. And so that's one of the signs that that those two areas need more of your attention, figuring out why you're not in couples therapy, and then moving in that direction. And then for you, finding a therapist who is for the reconciliation of your marriage, Mm -hmm. knowing that you all are up against a lot, there there are a lot of hurt ruptures here and it's in the not quitting john finding the right fit of a therapist even if you have to try multiple times but we can help connect you with a person who is skilled in the areas that you and your wife need the assistance so it will be by your perseverance and your quick humility in conversation with your wife that will help start to bridge the gap yeah, I agree. We're going to send you a copy of How We Love. We're going to get you connected. I know we don't have Canadian uh, therapists, but I'm going to get you information about our intimacy and marriage intensive someday. Maybe you guys can join us there. We also have our life recovery groups that uh, mm-hmm. know no boundaries. We have them all over the place, <laughs> and you can uh, join us uh, either by Zoom or phone call. But we want to help you guys make this marriage work. We don't want you to suffer in the struggle but john thanks for calling and thanks for revealing your your desire to be connected with your wife we'll be right back after this we'd love to hear from you if you have a question or a comment call toll free 1-800-229-3000 now back to new life live i'm Stephen arterburn with a new life moment the word discipline tends to put people on the defensive because it's often mistakenly associated with the idea of punishment. 
That's really unfortunate and very inaccurate. The word discipline comes from Latin, where it means student. That's why Webster's Dictionary defines discipline as a training experience that corrects, molds, strengthens, or perfects. And that's why Jesus calls those who follow him in his faith his disciples. Through the centuries, Christians have stimulated their life in Christ by practicing what are called spiritual disciplines. But as our culture has increasingly lost the ability to be informed by its past, and as society grows ever more permissive and lax, the spiritual disciplines have been forsaken and almost forgotten. And that's really a shame. Would you like to learn more about the spiritual disciplines? I can help you if you'll visit me, Steve Arterburn, at newlife.com. Thanks for listening to this New Life Moment. I'm so grateful for that insight because a lot of times we do think of discipline as punishment, Mm -hmm. even when we're trying Mm -hmm. to do it with ourselves, right? But it is training, and I hope that uh, Steve's wisdom will encourage you. We're going to go back to the calls, and we are going to talk with Teresa, who's calling us from Tampa, Florida, and watches us on YouTube. We're grateful for our YouTube family. If you are watching us there, please subscribe and click that like button so other people will know about New Life Live. Enough about that. Teresa, how can we help you? Thank you so much for taking my call. So I have been in recovery for the last two years in your life recovery program, and I'm so grateful for it. Mm. But one of the things I've noticed is I have a four-year-old grandson, and I have a hard time with my son not kind of butting in and, like, giving my advice and opinion. And there are times I can do it, but then there are moments I'm, like, on the edge of my seat, and before I know it, I, like, just spill it all out. And I'm not really sure why I do that, and I want to get in front of of that. Mm -hmm. I've gone to your parenting workshop, and I've heard Jim Burns speak, Mm -hmm. and um, he had great advice, and it's like the, the... I I know that, but there are different times that I just think, let me just share what I think. Mm. And and I'm not sure why I do that. Your self-awareness and honesty is so refreshing. I got a big smile on my face that you're the kind of mom and mother-in-law that knows this about yourself and you're working on it. Way to go, Teresa. Is there anything majorly concerning about your son and daughter-in-law that you think they're really falling short or you worry that they have big blind spots in their parenting? Well, that's a good question. I feel like they have a blind spot as it relates to some of the stuff with school for him. Like, there are things that I think that um, different steps they could take because he's uh, struggling sometimes in school. Like, he's in this little pre-K school. And I feel like they are not really aware of it. And I feel like I notice it, and I don't want to ignore it. Because I feel like we can get him some help if we can get to it ahead of time. What's one of the most concerning behaviors you're seeing that they're not putting enough attention to? That he's having, like, um, temper tantrums at school. Um, He's getting in trouble for not following the directions, not going to sleep, not taking naps when they do, or uh, someone took something from him and then he scratched this little boy and that, to me, um, was concerning, and I felt like they just kind of dismissed it. Mm-hmm. And do you think their attention is divided mainly because of work and how busy they are, or is there something really unhealthy that's pulling their attention away, like substance use? No, I, I, just, 
think they're not aware of it. Like, their attention, they look at it like he's still young, and I'm looking at it like, oh, wait, what, is there something we need to do about it? And so it also causes, uh, uh, I can, it causes fear um, mm-hmm. and sometimes anxiety within me. Mm-hmm. JJ, what would you offer to Teresa about this? Oh, well, Teresa, um, I'm, <laughs> I can, cer- I'm, I don't have grandkids yet, um, but I can certainly understand uh, the, the love that you have mm-hmm. for your grandson and wanting him to have a great life and to grow and mature and, and you know, to grow in, in favor and stature uh, with the Lord. Um, so, and, and, you know, and I, I like, Alice said, I so appreciate your willingness to mm-hmm. look inward and pay attention to what's going on with you and, you know, wanting to respect the boundary of your son and daughter-in-law's relationship with their child, right? The parent, parent-child relationship, wanting to respect that um, and trying to balance that with, I love my grandson and I want good for him and I don't want, I don't want him to suffer in any way possible, right? So, so I can respect and I can uh, admire all of that. I think that it's important to um, communicate that very clearly with your son and daughter-in-law to say, hey, I'm, uh, if I offer a different perspective or advice or whatever, it's coming from a place of, of love and care um, and to recognize that I have to work on my... Um, my self-control, right? Because that's a fruit of the Spirit, right? It's self-control. Yeah. And so when I am saying things that I've been trying to hold back and then I just blurt them out, I'm actually lacking self-control, so I'm not letting the Spirit do His work in me. And that's where I, ha- I have to do that on my own, right? I can't make it about what they are doing or not doing. Yeah, I love that, JJ. Teresa, I am a grandma, and they don't always do it the way that I want them to, but I can sure love them. <laughs> And I can trust if I don't like what Alice is asking. If the, if you don't see anything that's problematic, it's going to be lean in with love and uh, speak kindly as often as you can. We'll be right back after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very very difficult places to find out more about club new life you can go to our website newlife.com or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE now if you're new to us we drop an episode every weekday we would love it if you would rate or write a review which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. Um, Just a reminder that Restore starts tomorrow, and we love watching women having this healthy experience of healing, connection, learning about what their choices are when they've experienced sexual betrayal. And there's so much hope that um, comes with Restore. And so we want to encourage you, 
if this has been part of your story, uh, please has, don't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Reach out today and we'll get you connected. Um, you know, we were just talking at the break about Teresa's uh, call and just the challenge um, as a grandparent, you know, because life is not the same as when we were raising our kids, but we love them so very much. And I had said to Alice, it's it's crazy when you think about the differences between how we were raised and then how the next generation and so on and so forth. Um, but boy, as a grandma, I just pray, pray, pray for my grandkids and hope for the best. But Alice, what were you thinking about that mm. call? It, it's just so sadly rare when unsolicited advice is taken well or is helpful to the one receiving it. And sometimes we have to give contrary opinions because a truth needs to be told. That should be incredibly rare with our adult children and especially um, adult in-law children, uh, daughter-in-law. And so I'd be very, very cautious, Teresa, to hardly give unsolicited opinions at all. But you might set a little something up where you ask them, if you have good relationship with them, how are you two doing? with um, how school is going for your son, then you might admit, I'm worried, honestly. I'm worried and I really want to be helpful to you all. And I realize that in my worry, I give too many opinions, probably too frequently. How is that affecting you? And have I ever rubbed you wrong in what I have said? How would you prefer I help with this? Is it by silence, by prayer, just by moral support? Or are my opinions sometimes helpful? And can, can I bring them to you if they are helpful? Can I? How often? And by asking those questions, um, it, it should better inform you what they do and do not want from you if they have the ability to be that assertive. Because it's hard to be honest enough about this with your mom or your mother-in-law. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you, Teresa, for bringing up this subject. And I hope that something that we've said is helpful. I am going to send you a copy of 100 Days of Prayer, because as a grandparent, that's what you're (laughs) going to need. Um, But we're grateful that you called. We're going to go back to the calls. We're going to talk with Renee, who's calling us from Naples, Florida, and listens on SiriusXM. Hello, Renee. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Hi, thank you for taking my call. I want to give you a little background, uh, a little snippet of a background. We moved to Florida. We were just elated. This is our dream, being retired here. Mm-hmm. And um, ran into a couple that we seemed to click with, at least my husband did with the, with the other husband. Um, we did a lot of stuff together for like almost a year and a half. So we were really too much involved in their life and there were too much involved in our life. Going forward, I realized I had a conversation without my husband to the couple in the driveway letting them know that, hey, I'm going to, I don't smoke a lot, but I'm being convicted that I need to put these down. And they were like, really? You smoke? And I was like, yeah. And I said, I really need to take care of myself, pull back, and then we can pick up later. And they were like, Oh, okay, okay. Didn't think nothing about it. I don't think they understand addiction at all because they kept calling, asking us to do things. And, you know, I was like, no, thank you, no, thank you. Going forward, um, I told my husband because she told her husband that I was uh, curt to her, which I wasn't. She was making up little stories that I was and I wasn't. This sounds so childish. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in my 60s. Really, this has got, you know, going on, and I'm being honest and open 
with that couple. My question is, how do I manage being around the couple in our development that we had a falling out with? I mean, we're going to be seeing them from time to time with pickleball and, you know, events that are in our development. Uh, I do know about addiction. My ex-husband was an alcoholic, and so I am uh, 20-plus years in Al-Anon. Um, my old sponsor told me I need to get a sponsor here face-to-face instead of being on the phone with her, and so I did that just recently. And um, I just, I know this might be a silly question, but I'm just asking, you know, I want to be comfortable in my own skin. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So why yeah. am I feeling, why am I feeling like this? Well, Is it the people Renee, personality let- that... Let me ask you this question. We'll turn it over to Allison. JJ, are, you're saying that you quit smoking cigarettes after how many years? Oh, 35 years. Okay. And what was your process of quitting smoking? I reached out. Um, Florida has this 1-800-QUIT now. And I did counseling through the steps of nicotine replacement and then slowly backing off of that and then um and then stopped with okay nicotine all right and, and just how many like how long have you been off of the cigarettes um january the 11th of this year is one year oh Awesome. Mm -hmm. Gosh, Renee, that is, I'm telling you, the reason why I'm asking all these questions is because I think there are two things that are going on. And I know that JJ and Alice are thinking that same thing because nicotine is the hardest drug Mm -hmm. to give up. The hardest one. Yeah. And so kudos to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. Well, JJ, let's start with you. How can we help Renee with this challenge? Yeah, so Renee, first question for you. Help me understand how does your quitting smoking cigarettes connect with this couple? You said you needed to pull back from them in order to quit. Is it some some is it something about the way that you interact with them or was it just I need I need some alone time in order to walk through the recovery process? I needed some alone time to walk through the recovery process. I've quit before, like five years ago, but it didn't stick mm-hmm. because um, of a trauma, uh, seeing my son. Okay. So I gotcha. didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to affect them anyway with any harsh words that I might have going through the process because um, mm-hmm. it's very hard. It's very hard. So the first three months, especially, and so um, yeah. I had to focus on me and do whatever I needed to do to take care of me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, so um, this this other wife spoke with your husband and said that you were curt with her, which you're saying, "Hey, I wasn't," which I I, I get. Have you ever gone to her? No, and, and, and her own husband. I'm sorry, she spoke to her own husband, who then spoke to your husband, correct? Correct, correct. Okay, gotcha. So so it might be helpful for you to sit down with her 
and just have a one-on-one conversation. You did. And and in that conversation, were you able to humbly ask her, what was it that I said or did that made you feel like I was being curt with you? I didn't say that exactly. Um, What did you say? Well, well, I looked at her and and I said, you know, I was going to make a list of all the things that, you know, was hurtful. And I stopped and I said, but I did not do that because I have expectations of how a friend should be. And so those are probably what's getting us in trouble is my expectations. And I said, um, for instance, you know what's going on with my sister and it's very um, devastating with her health and she is going to be passing away. And I said, you never did ask me about how she's doing. Um, And she looked at me and she goes, I don't do that. And I'm like, what? I was just Mm -hmm. devastated. And I said, in my 61 Mm -hmm. years of life, I have never had somebody to say that to me. And I don't know how to take that. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I I don't want to, I don't want somebody in my life that doesn't care about me. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is, this is more about your hurt. You're feeling hurt by this friend not being a good friend to you than feeling some sense of uh, uncomfortableness that you did something wrong. It's really more about, gosh, I needed this person to be a friend to me, and she wasn't. I guess that's good. Oh, gosh. Renee, uh, you can hear the music. We're going to come back after the break. But, you know, navigating adult friendships is challenging. But at the same time, we have to learn how to move past when people tell you who they are, believe them. And mm-hmm. even though you guys started out with a good friendship, it it doesn't look like she's the kind that you're going to continue to stay connected with. And it hurts. And it just kind of coincided with your quitting your smoking. Um, mm-hmm. But it, we'll give you a few pointers uh, when we come back after the break of how to move forward when you have to leave others behind. It doesn't feel good, but we can do it. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. Um, Just FYI, you never have to miss a day of listening to New Life Live. If you can't listen on the radio, there's many other ways that you can hear us, uh, whether it's the app or whether it's the podcast. Um, We just want to stay in in contact with you. Right now, we're talking with Renee, who has had um, just a challenge with a friend in a new neighborhood, even at the time that she's... uh, overcome a smoking addiction, which is a huge victory. Um, Alice, uh, how can we help Renee move forward in this healing process? Well, I think JJ really started it by helping you, Renee, to get to that soft, vulnerable place where tears came up for you. And I think that even surprised you. You know you're hurt. You've named some major tragedies that you have gone through, and there's a lot more you have lived through. Uh, But I, I would guess you experience probably more frustration than you do the grief that came to that surface right there before we went to break. And grief is the answer. Grieving, lamenting intentionally in the presence of somebody like JJ, who was safe enough 
to help draw that out of you, that will bring surprising relief when you enter into grief with all these different relationships that have been hurt and impacted in your life. I'm also going to challenge you, Renee, on something. And I say this um, from one sister to another because I care about you. Sometimes when you're trying to express your hurt, it comes out in a way that's hard for others to receive. Um, It can have a a little bit of a defense to it. Um, You make some declarations that would be hard for a person who's not in recovery to hear. Um, It it might put other people somewhat on the defensive. So although you had no intention to be curt to your friend, uh, just in in the way even I heard the tone of your voice sometimes, I could see why your friend might have experienced that way, even though you didn't mean it that way. And and when we have pain that hasn't been um, processed enough yet, it usually does leak out in unexpected ways. Then when you bravely enter into sobriety from nicotine, which is so hard to break that cycle, uh, then that it can also add um, a little bit of an edge to the way that we interact with people. So grieve and be be open to hearing how the way you express your hurt affects the people around you. Yes, that's very good. Renee, we're, we'll send you uh, Take Your Life Back, which I think will help along your healing process and also dealing with uh, new friendships that may not be permanent friendships. You might just be a friendly neighbor and wave and decide to be the type of person that God's created you to be. It's really hard to navigate these things, but um, we're so grateful that you called and we're celebrating your victory over mm-hmm. cigarettes and we'll continue to um, pray for that relief in that relationship. Right now we're going to go to a Becky, flashback Becky, call. Can I, oh, Becky, can I say one more thing? If it's really quick, but go, yeah, go ahead, JJ. Yeah, yeah, real, real, real quick. So, uh, Renee, I would just say, uh, be aware that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You, you now have a clearer understanding of what you can expect from this relationship with your friend. It may just be that she's a friend that you play pickleball with and see around the neighborhood, but isn't someone that you're mm-hmm. going to share deeply with. Mm-hmm. But then you need to look for that elsewhere because that's an important, an important part of your life. Yes, so true, so true. I think that that's just the the balance of our um, adult relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, so, Terry, do we have enough time? Can we go to that call? Yes, let's do it. Let's go over here to Alan from Laurel, Delaware. W-O-L-C is the station. Alan, how are you? Great, how are you? Good. What's going on in your life today? Well, I've, I've had a problem with anxiety all my life. Okay. And I've tried to... To deal with it, and I really didn't know that I really had a problem with anxiety when I was a kid. I I used to go to school and uh, would be sick and nauseous and everything. And uh, I've changed my job. I own my own business and I have some rentals. So, and uh, I changed what I was doing and started teaching and uh, actually teaching Bible and at a at a school. And I uh, just really had a hard year this year. I've been to the hospital a couple times for anxiety, where I had jerking and, and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And um, So the physical part's pretty severe. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, and my question would be is how do I deal with this so I can try and do that job, or should I find something else to do until I can get a handle on it? Have you ever had treatment for anxiety, Alan? What's that? Have you ever had treatment for anxiety? Treatment as in what type of treatment? 
counseling, psychotherapy, psychiatrist? No. Why not? Uh, well, it's just happened, so I'm just not sure what direction to go. Uh, the doctor actually put me on some medication because the hospital wanted me to go to a neurologist. So I haven't quite pursued that. I've made some phone calls to try to find some counselors. Yeah. Uh, anxiety is very... Alan, I, I mean, certainly pursue the neurology end of it, but anxiety is very treatable. There are really good uh, counseling techniques as well as medications um, for people these days. The thing that I I think is um, so... Um, it, incapacitating about anxiety disorder is that your your fears lead to more fears you just right. think this is never going to get better and so then you worry about that and it just compounds each other i think you have to do, you have to have somebody that says here is the treatment regimen that we're going to offer you we're going to try this medication okay if that doesn't work we're going to try another one and and we're going to try to take you through this this uh, material, and, and then we're going to try to deal with the underlying issues that you've got. And we're going to try to connect this with some spiritual things, too. And you develop a program rather than, my job is to struggle through this and rise above it. That's a horrible way to go. Yeah, Alan, mm-hmm. we just don't believe in coping through anxiety. Right. God has, I think, much better plan than just, like Steve said, struggling through and, mm-hmm. and and I want to give you <clears throat> two words to as you're pursuing should you go for counseling or inpatient or whatever two words to be thinking about. Um, and I start with Galatians chapter five in the first couple of verses, where Paul said it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Don't go back to a yoke of slavery. The first word is freedom. And where does freedom come from? Because people who have anxiety don't have a lot of freedom. They feel like if I you know if I, if I teach this, these kids the wrong thing, they're going to get mad or whatever, and so I don't feel free. The second word is control. People who have lots of anxiety do not feel like they have control, and so they have to over-control their lives. That's why they can't fly places. That's why they can't sometimes go sing in front of people or whatever, because they don't feel like... They, they have to keep such control because they're afraid of going out of control. When people who have chronic anxiety begin to experience freedom and control, many, many aspects of the anxiety begin to dissolve really and just melt away so whatever you do whatever you you know the next path is that we're suggesting that steve has ideas for those two words are going to be very important for you but we think there's lots of hope for that we do think there's lots of hope for that but boy those were great perspectives on the topic of anxiety Mm -hmm. alice you and i were talking earlier in the break about how resistant people are to just looking for where the answer will come from and that's what he's talking about we don't believe in just coping we want to we want to look for ways to find the help that we need any thoughts just before we close well two areas in which we tend to be so resistant are our pride i don't want to admit that i need somebody else's help and i can speak for myself on that one because i fall into it and that fear john and steve were talking about i'm i'm too afraid it won't work for me it'll be too hard it'll cost too much and so yeah. i'm going to stick with the pain that i'm familiar with rather than the unfamiliar pain of getting help for it understandable but the time will pass anyhow and the suffering will just increase unless we intervene with structured help That's so true. Well, thank you, Alice. Thank you, JJ. And thank you, callers, for asking the hard questions that uh, so many people want to ask but don't take the choice to pick the phone up. But we want to hear from you. Give us a call. 
for future shows, 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.